Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And this is episode 31 of Overcrest. And I don't want to talk about our studio every single time well, we, we start the podcast out. Um, well, hey, we're moving. Hey, this is the last episode. Hey, we're moving. And like, we actually moved. Right. We're in the new place. Yes, we are. And, uh, and we're happy. And we're happy. And it's really bright in here. And it I parked is. right in front of the door for free. It's nice. Which is amazing. And I look outside and I can see the city. And it's, and it's really... It's, it's a, a nice place. The other place was a little bit depressing with the paint falling off the walls. And Which is ironic because as we were talking about, I mean, it had floor-to-ceiling windows on two sides, but right. it was just kind of dingy feeling maybe. Oh, yeah. It, it so. definitely felt like uh, you would get a disease if you licked the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something I do often. No. But if I feel the urge to lick yeah, the walls. There is lead paint in the paint for sure. Yeah. Or lead, lead in the paint. For sure. sure. Um, so here we are at the new place. It's really nice. We don't have a. It's Saturday afternoon, Memorial Day weekend. We were going to do a video broadcast for you guys, but we figure you guys are and probably doing way more. Chris fun is shit. like, oh, should we do a live, live uh, Facebook live video? And I look at my watch. Well, seeing as though it's three o'clock on a Saturday, I don't think anyone is going to tune in. There is zero amount of people that would be watching us right, right. now. You guys are all out having fun, and here we are. For you on our, <laughs> on our Memorial Day weekend. So. Don't you enjoy this, Chris? Yeah. Well, I do. I really, I really like too. this. So um, we do all this for you. And, you know, I really appreciate you guys telling other people about this, letting other people know that are into cars or, or whatever. Just you guys are the ones that are making this spread for us. Exactly. You know, it, spread it's been, the word. It's been really great. It's been growing and growing and growing. You know, uh, I wouldn't even say slow, but steady. I'd say like just steadily, steadily growing, medium yeah. and steady, just absolutely perfect. Um, right. So. And, you know, beyond that, I would say, um, please get involved, hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Like I have tons of knowledge on everything from carburetors to carburetors. <laughs> so you just know carburetors. Just know old stuff. You know, I can, I can tell you the wrong <laughs> thing to do on your new car. Okay. Um, so maybe you'd be able to help people with that, but I'd love to give advice and, um, maybe talk shit about you and your car. If you want, I can do that oh, for you. Well, oh, good. I'm sure everyone's yeah. going to want that now. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask, being in the new space and it's brighter and nicer, are you going to be less, like, cranky and cantankerous? I don't know. We'll find out. Won't Probably we? not. So um, it has been, I think, over a week since we actually uh, recorded last. Yeah, we missed a week because we... Well, because everything was going on and we were moving everything right. else. However, Chris, you were actually out on a, a work project. Yeah, I went out for um, a couple of weeks ago. I had Pete Stout, who's the editor for Triple Zero. We've talked about that magazine a couple it's times. It's a Porsche the, magazine. Yeah, yep. Porsche magazine. Uh, we've mentioned it a few times. Um, I went there to interview and hang out with Lee Keen. Yes. And his group of guys that have all, excuse me, all bought old 911s that leak. Well, Back up a little okay, bit, sorry. Because I was going to say Lee Keen. I didn't know much about him other than he has a cool Instagram profile he and does. like it loves air cooled nine elevens and what they're calling Safari nine eleven. Yeah, he's a he's an extremely beyond that. I mean, he's an extremely successful privateer racer. I mean, he's and a, that's he's, what I didn't know. Yeah, he's a very accomplished racer. He's, I mean, first in class at Le Mans, and I mean a bunch of other stuff that I mean. There's a huge list that you could just go through of his and, accomplishments. Yeah, and the guy can really really drive and he's beyond that he's like a super nice dude right i really enjoyed him he was he was humble about everything that he's doing um i haven't done my final interview with him yet so i you know it was almost like how we are when we're just like well we don't want to talk about that because we're going to talk about it on the podcast we like cease conversation i I was in the car with him for like 12 or 13 hours and i'm like in my head i'm like don't ask that right now because i want to ask it later and it was so that was that was a little bit difficult but so we just talked about other stuff that wasn't cars and you know kind of right, built a relationship in that way um we talked about it a lot you should see my notebook okay it's like it starts out legible and then like three di- lines later you can tell like we started driving like 
I was going to say, part of that is because you're going sideways through the woods. So yeah. this project, like you said, or started to say, he is an enthusiast of these old air-cooled 911s. Right. But he has modified them in the vein of their old rally cars. Right. Whether right. people know or not, Porsche was successful in the rallying world with 911s. They had lifted big suspension, big beefy tires, and everything else. And so he's kind of recreated Right. In, this, in his uh, own way, he's kind of he's done his own thing with it. Now right. he makes them for other people as well, and he's got a lot of rules that he has with the car. Like they have to have this one of these engines, this transmission. We're going to do so. It's a formula. It's like a formula. He's like, we're going to have one of these colors. It's going to look like this. It's not going to look dumb. It's not going to have a livery. It's right. going to do these things. And no, you can't do that. But the the, the <laughs> result is a car that really, really does its job extremely well on uh, on on the gravel. And believe it or not tarmac too it was fun it took what it did is it took the limits of um like my car for example which is right. pretty capable on tarmac surfaces right and it handles the same as that car does at the limit at, but it just brings it down right so you're doing the same things at a lower speed where you basically so you're still able to rotate the car and skid through corners you can but it's got these um these big big basically dirt truck tires on it that yeah, kind of, i think they're like bfg all-terrains right? right that's exactly it and they but they kind of like roll over but sure they don't, it, they don't have as stiff a sidewall as like a performance car no he tire. runs them at a little bit of a higher pressure so they don't sure fold over quite so easily but they have in the gravel it's weird like they have a really bitey edge on them like the edge of the tire by the sidewall right so you can feel it start to slide and as soon as the, the sidewall starts to tip over you can feel that the bite on the edge of the tire kind of give just like catch you just a little bit. Interesting. And it's 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 kind of cool to play with that and the balance of the car and uh, and stuff like that. So they were, so, they were great. So his name's Lee Keen. He called this the Keen Project. The Keen Project. Yep. That's and so right. this was him bringing all these uh, these safari style 911s together that he's um, he's built or commissioned or however you want to say it and basically ran them through their paces yeah. through gravel it was just roads, an adventure out in the woods down in the appalachians right that's right yeah i mean it wasn't all like crazy driving i mean there was a little bit but there was like river crossings and you may have seen that i was the hoon of the week or whatever it was like, on jalopnik yeah from jalopnik our yeah. very own chris yeah i was like drove like 40 miles an hour through a huge almost like pond i mean it's just this huge lake Yep, ditched hole in the ground thing. Yeah, it's, it's a giant puddle, giant washed puddle. out, and uh, gravel road. Wakeboarded over this in the 911. We well, just hit it so fast. I love your description. You said Lee was next to you. You're driving, and he goes, "All right, keep going. Just yeah, go he, for he it. Goes, top of first, right? Yeah, he goes top of first. And he's like, just drive into it straight. I'm like, great, no problem. And <laughs> I remember when we got really close, he's like, whoa, we're really moving. <laughs> I don't think like he realized, well, he's riding is a lot different. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I asked him, I'm like, do you like to ride with people? He's like, absolutely not. He's like, I don't right. like to, I don't You're typically not in control. Don't. Yeah. He, and, you know, being a professional driver and doing instructing is always dangerous, right? Yeah. And you can see in the video, the car started to go, it drifted a little bit towards the trees, and you can see me counter steer with the wheel off the ground, out of the water to kind of come <laughs> so bring it back into So you're turning, and it's not doing and anything. it's not doing anything. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a blast, man. It was... Um, I don't want to reveal too much, because uh, I right, still have to write Right, because you are writing this as a story. So I'm kind of like holding back right now of all the stories no I want to tell. But uh, the one thing that I think I'm going to write the article about is, um, it's going to be a little bit about the history of 9-11s and, and rallying, but I also want to talk about why these cars have become popular because these rally cars have become, and especially old 911s, have become popular. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out in my head if it's like a counterculture, anti-culture thing, right? Like it's, 
That's how I viewed it at first. If it's you have, how I viewed it at first, but I... I, I know a, you have a theory on this. I have a theory on this, and I'm gonna have to. You guys are gonna have to subscribe to Triple Zero to hear the theory. I apologize for that. But no, no worries. Kind of under contract with with not <laughs> revealing everything I want to say, but uh, I, I don't think that's the reason. I'll just leave it at that. I think I think there's more to there, it than yeah, just okay. being. I was gonna say there's more to it than just doing something different with right. your Porsche. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. So, Very cool. So that was great. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I lost my wallet in the mountains. You did mention that. I did. So I lost my wallet and. Uh, my my made a friend down there. His name's Camden Thrasher. He's a motorsports photographer. He actually knows Peter, who was another guest on the podcast before. Earlier. Yep. And uh, so I needed to borrow a car because I went to visit Dick Barber, um, okay. who is a he's an older guy, but he used to have nine eleven teams back in the day. Nine eleven, nine thirty five. So I know Dick Barber from Dick Barber Racing School. That's different. That's, it is. That's Skip Barber. <laughs> oh, Skip Barber. You're right. Yeah, that's different. So we have Dick Barber, who is basically legend. Right, I mean, he okay. he was kind of, uh, and I hate to use it because it's kind of cliche, but like Dave, you know, Dave and Glass stories, right? Right, They're all over the. In, in, he in was the underdog. Of, he was, so he had like, uh, he didn't have the budget of some of the other teams that were out there. Sure, but he would always win. He was huh. extremely successful, extremely successful, and and a really nice guy. But he ran a really tight ship on on his on his okay. uh, on his. Anyway, so I wrote an article for um, Panorama on Adam Carolla's nine eleven that he bought, which was the nine thirty five. Oh, that's um, right. That was the car that he raced. Yeah, it was Dick Barber and Paul Newman and Rolf Stommelin drove that at Le Mans. Sure. And won their class with that car. Um, and he had three other cars that year that he was managing or whatever. So, I mean, that was hmm. managing four cars at Le Mans is no small feat, especially on the shoestring budget that he was at. Right. So, anyway, so there's this, like, David and Glass story with him. And uh, he liked what I had written about him and the cars and everything like that. So, there's a special project maybe coming Another thing I can't really talk about. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I get everything figured out before I kind of mention no, what's going I, on. No, I understand. But, but it's, uh, it's cool that there's a lot else going on that we might have to talk about later. Yeah, we will have a lot to talk about later. So I went down <laughs> and um, – so anyway, so I lost my wallet. And what state were you in? Because I, I just in, know these this project or this kind of cool road trip that Keen put together was going through the Appalachian Yeah, trails. so we started in Atlanta, and then okay. we went to uh, North Carolina, okay. which is where I lost my wallet. And then ended up in Tennessee. So you guys put on quite quite a bit of Oh, mileage. yeah. We drove, you know, 10, 12 hours each day. Wow. And uh, my ears were ringing for sure. Yeah, because it's not the quietest car you're in, um, especially with gravel hitting so the underside. So car of the week, though, was, I don't know what year this thing is. I posted on Instagram, but it is a Toyota Corolla station wagon that I had to borrow from Camden to go see Dick Barber because I lost my wallet. 300 and something thousand miles on it. Wait, was, what? Yeah. So he, he got this car from his mom who bought it new. So it's just this little white station wagon that I'm like driving around in in Georgia, like with like a zillion miles on it. I did not and it hear was, this. And honestly, it was like it was a really happy car to drive. I really enjoyed it. It was a five speed. Everything okay. was kind of like nothing happened when you would do whatever you wanted to do. Like <laughs> very isolated. Oh yeah, it's like you can tell the suspension is is basically jello right yep. i mean there's really nothing there the shifter was not really engaging the steering okay. kind of like if you wiggle the steering wheel back and forth you could you know you could see the front of the car like <laughs> drop like three or four inches on each side as you as you actually articulate the suspension actually had maybe softer suspension than some of the 911s that weekend yeah exactly i mean it was really soft but it was like really like i was like what am i doing maybe i should just sell the bmw and get like some 500 hundred dollar corolla or like <laughs> some old mazda protege like just little toilet car okay. i mean don't he's also got like a really low mileage e46 m3 that's like really yeah, nice no so i mean it's so it's that's not his only car but i mean this thing was just there's something like, about it it was kind of like doo, 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 doo. you know you're just kind of tooling around this little wagon that 
doesn't. It's I, completely inconspicuous. Nobody cares. Nobody's oh, looking okay. at you. No, I mean, it is just like the car is invisible. That's what. That's different than the reason I was thinking you enjoyed it. Because on the way over here, I was telling you, I was driving on the freeway and I saw like an old '70s Cadillac, and it was like it was in mint shape. Sure. And they're just like land yachts. They're huge, you know. And I saw this couple just cruising down, and I was like, that that is so cool in its own right. Like right. that would be cool to just cruise the freeways. You're just floating in those things. Yeah, I'd like to fly out to New Jersey. Not a, well to get a car, or maybe so we can go somewhere else on the East Coast because New Jersey's a toilet. Okay. But we can fly to New Jersey, pick up a Cadillac like that, and drive it across the country. I've always thought about you know an American Why New car. New Jersey, East Coast, just somewhere East Coast, New York okay. City. You know that's where you start. Yeah, right? you start in New York. It'll City. It'll be like or, the really really slow cannonball or something. Yeah, yeah. Just to, <laughs> you know, you look in those things, and the seats are just like huge, and they've got buttons on them. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's just, a couch on wheels. Yeah, I've never driven one. I'd really like to experience what it's like to feel absolutely nothing. Oh yeah, as it's you, just as you isolated. And you're and like, they're perfect. They just eat up miles. The power steering has like 25 horsepower. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Because you just—it's you know, so highly powered that yeah, you don't feel any you don't feedback. Feel you can anything. just use your finger to drive it. Yep. So, well, we got on a huge tangent there. Yeah, I don't that's know. Okay. So, that's right. do you want to talk about anything else that's going on, uh, kind of in your your garage? Sometimes we like to talk yeah, about so our I, own projects. And... I picked up a, another set of cookie cutters in fifteen by seven that I think I've mentioned that before. Yeah. So, so I had this is s- for your seventy two nine eleven yep. Porsche nine eleven. So I took those in, had them sandblasted. They were hideous i mean they were right they were in rough shape got them back from sandblasting they look pretty good i got them painted this morning before it got to be a zillion degrees outside and yeah it's, on, it's very hot out i was going to try and make it the discount tire this afternoon but that's not going to happen because we the went tires to, would melt <laughs> i was going to say it's because we went in, on an escapade today we did go on an escapade yeah we uh we went and test drove a few cars i'm thinking about getting rid of the bmw right the 128 and there's a myriad of reasons why, one of which is that I can't get my kids in the thing. I literally have to take the car seats and rotate, like, the head first in, like, rotating it in over the shifter and then set it into the back seat. Right. It's a little one-series coupe. It's a compact BMW. It's cool because it's rear-wheel drive. Jess I thinks, like the car. I do. Jess thinks it's claustrophobic. She feels really – she's used to driving the station wagon, which is like driving, around, it's like driving around an aquarium or a planetarium or something. <laughs> Just huge, right, in the inside. It's yeah, not huge, but and... it feels not constricted. Is that a sunroof? No, for I me, I for me the sunroof can open up any car. I don't like sunroofs. I They're know useless. you don't, and all I they like are, them. All that you haven't owned enough old cars with sunroofs is your problem. You right. you haven't owned Every like an sunroof, old Mercedes. Yeah, you're like you go you're, where it's like a gambler. You're like rolling the dice. You buy the thing, you get it home, and there's the sunroof is there. Yeah, and you're like <laughs> even when you test drive it, you're not sure if you want to try and hit the button to open or not because it's like and it's gonna be like grinding sounds, and, and then it'll be stuck open. And then you're like sitting there with I've done this. You're sitting there with like a rubber mallet trying to like slam the thing <laughs> shut again. Like take the panel off, and you're trying to get it to shut. This Nightmare. adds some context. Why yeah, don't like I don't them. like them. They've always broken. They always suck. Now, there's a difference. Were those sunroofs or moonroofs? Because a sunroof is just a panel. This is moonroof. This moves. so the old and the Mercedes old glass, stuff. Is, yeah, so it's not glass at all. Okay, okay so it doesn't have like panel. a sliding panel. Um, actually, that might not be true. But I think the one that I had didn't have any glass. Sure, it was just a so panel. it's just a big panel that moves. Yeah. So, but it would, but they're huge. Oh, and really? the old Mercedes stuff, they're, I mean, I'm showing you with my hands. Nobody can see what I'm doing. Not really But they're effective. like, uh, so if you think of an old S-Class Mercedes, they're pretty big cars. Okay. And the sunroof is like inches on each side, and it goes all the way back. And the thing is, is the sunroof actually goes behind your head. Like, oh, so like it opens very far It back. opens in front of your head yep. and behind your head, which some of the sunroofs these days are like, you, they stop. Have, to, yeah, you, you can... have to kind of look behind you before you can even see the sunroof because, you know, you sit so far forward in, the, right. in some cars. Um 
So anyway, so you my, don't like sunroofs. I don't like sunroofs. <laughs> I think they are. I think they're overrated. All they do is the sun shines on me. I don't like Which that. Which a lot of people, yeah, yeah I, I don't like. I that loved very it. Much. We had the sunroof open on your BMW. Yeah, it was great. I, I relented. What was the first thing I did when you tried to open it? Oh, yeah, I think you stopped it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you had your finger on the open button. I just put my finger on the other side and started pushing against uh, your finger. I didn't like, fight nope. you. I was like, oh, no, okay, uh-uh. guess no not. more, no sunroof. Um, so anyway, we went and drove a couple of GTIs. I drove. Um, we drove a 320i. Yep, a BMW, and that's it, right? We drove a couple we, of GTIs. And yeah, we looked at a couple other BMWs as well. And where did we look at them? At, at our favorite sponsor, yeah. uh, Luther Westside Volkswagen, of course. And I got to meet uh, Chris's favorite uh, salesperson over there, Helton. Yep. And they are great guys. It was such a, a low-pressure experience, It too. was. They were busy, too, and they took they pretty good care of busy. us. They were, you know, doing their thing, getting us keys for the cars we wanted to drive. Yeah. So, was, I mean, uh, this, is, this is more than just an ad today because I did actually go and experience it with Chris. They're great guys over there. You guys should check them out at Luther Westside Volkswagen or <laughs> LutherVolkswagen.com. I don't think that's right. Because <laughs> I don't I have my notes in front of me. It's WestsideVW.com. WestsideVW.com. Yeah. That's the one. So we, drove a, we drove a 2013 GTI. That was a manual. Yes. I did not like that car. So here's what's interesting. You have the Golf Sport Wagon, which yes. is a 2015. And this is basically the same exact car that you're looking at from the second doors forward. The B-pillar back is yeah, but this either is a, a wagon this is the, or a little bit older. Track. So it's got like a facelift on the interior right. and the exterior. So it looks different and feels generally better. Facelift it, is a good term because honestly, I, I know it was different and updated, but interior-wise, they seem to be very, very similar. Yeah, but all the displays, are they go from like gray, like LCD with no color, right. to all of a sudden everything's full color and just like this display is a little bit bigger and you've got CarPlay. Right. And, you know, you, so to pair with your phone, which I would really love to have, but I'm not going to pay $4,000 to have CarPlay on, on my... We just, could probably install like an aftermarket thing that does that for you. I don't like aftermarket things. I know. So uh, we, drove, we drove a bunch of stuff and anyway, we'll see what happens and I'll, I'll keep everybody updated and... See if I decide to get rid of the BMW or, or not. Yeah, if it wasn't for your practicality concerns about getting car seats back there and everything else, I would say keep the one series because yeah. it is a cool car. So let's uh, let's hear how dumb you are. <laughs> uh, is this a new recurring segment? Uh, yeah, so yeah. Let's do that. Let's let's. How dumb, dumb is Jake this yeah, week? This was pretty good. No, I I like joking with Chris about how well things I I'm doing, and I was uh, I have a very steep driveway at my house, and Chris yes. can attest to this. Yeah. Um, and I was backing our boat up the driveway because I was going to do, I like installed a bimini top and I installed a depth finder. And so when you bought stuff. your house, were you like, boy, this driveway is really steep? Or are you just like, oh, this house is awesome. Fuck it. It was the one thing I don't like about the house. Okay. I checked all the other boxes. It's like we're in suburbia, but we have a huge like marsh next to us. You mean so we really mosquito only have, farm? <laughs> so Nick, and Nikki calls it a swamp. And I'm like, no, marsh sounds classier than swamp. Marsh sounds like a sound like. Marsh. Yeah. yeah, it's not good. Well, so we like that, but it has, a, it has a very steep driveway to the point where you need to like pull up sideways on just about any car, lowered or not. Right. So I'm backing my boat up the driveway, and it's got hydraulic trailer brakes. So usually you hop out and you put the little thing in that locks out the trailer brakes. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there backing up. And it's like, it's going really slow. It's like, oh, I, I let's, gotta... let's also say that your boat probably weighs like 1,500 pounds. It's like a little jet sea oh, no, jet that, boat. No, that weighs quite a bit. 
Not? I think it's a 3,500 pound boat at least. Oh, come on. No yes. way. No way. It's that a 21 foot fiberglass boat. Oh, it is that big. Yeah. Okay. All right. I know. You were joking. You're like, this is a giant jet ski. It is a sea jet boat, but it, it's 21 it's a giant feet. Jet ski. It's a big, giant big jet, jet ski. ski. Yeah. It's a giant jet ski that also is heavy. So I'm backing up, and lo and behold, I didn't remember to engage or disengage the trailer brakes, but I didn't realize that. So I'm sitting here, you know, kind of slipping my clutch, bringing it up the driveway, and I'm like, what? what the hell? It's not going up. So I'm just giving him more gas and letting the clutch out. And I, I was like, something's going on. So I put it, I pull in the clutch, I put it in four low <laughs> and then do it. And that's when I realized that the trail brakes were engaging. Yeah. But at that point I was like, well, I don't feel like pulling back out in the street, then engaging the thing and then doing this all again. So I just powered right through and the rear tires locked up on the trailer. And, and just... in four low, I just pushed it up <laughs> the, the driveway in the midst of this though. I literally had smoke billowing out from my transmission from the clutch. Oh man. So when are we doing a clutch on that thing? Probably sooner than later. <laughs> the throw up bearing is also going bad on that. So okay. that's why I'm like, I don't care. Cause I'm going to have to go in there in the next oh, year no. anyways. Just sitting there going, squeak, 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 squeak You know, squeak, another squeak, thing squeak, I squeak. saw is that on the car wash that you frequent, there's a new sign. <laughs> My that, friend sent this to me. Is this the same car wash? Yeah. That's the car wash that you broke with right. your trailer hitch. Now yeah. it has a sign that says. There's a giant sign that says, like, please remove your trailer hitch before entering or something to that effect. <laughs> Which was not there before. No, no. So Yeah, he, my friend took a picture and sent it. She goes, I'm pretty sure this wasn't here before. I think this is because of you. It 100% is because of you. <laughs> so that's awesome. So what do we have for uh, the topic today? Yeah, so our, our, our main topic that we should have we teased this beforehand so people didn't have to listen to our banter before we get to the meat of it is road trip essentials. Right. So we've both been on many a road trip, you more than I, but there are certain things that if you've also done road trips across country or maybe across the state, everything else, you know, there are things that you need, things that come up. There are also funny stories that always come to mind. And I think we'll start this off by what was your most memorable or best road trip that you've ever taken, Chris? My my favorite road trip was um, when I was done with school out in San Francisco, I my I was I had a ton of shit right I went to college out there so I had like okay. furniture. Did you do like art school out there? Yeah, I went to school at okay. the Art Institute for 3D animation and special effects engineering. How was that going for your career? It's great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's where I learned. It's where I got my first intro to Photoshop. Really. So, okay, there you go. Um, it was a good experience. It really has done nothing for me. It was that when I graduated it was that when the dot com bubble burst. Oh. Right. So then I basically worked at Best Buy afterwards and fifty thousand dollars later for no for nothing. Right. Um. So I was trying to figure out a way to get home, okay. and I told my grandpa, I'm like, why don't we just buy a car out here to sell when we get home in yep. Wisconsin? So we found a 1984 Mercedes 380 SE, okay. which is uh, it's a 3.8 liter V8 with CIS. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, California. It's a big car. four-door sedan? or I am Big four-door S-Class. I mean, okay, it's, I yep. think it's W124 is the chassis. Yep. So it's a big S-Class. Yep. And uh, it was cool. It had European headlights on it, and it was, it was a cool car. And uh, so we packed all our stuff in it. We bought a roof box, put a roof box on it. Okay. And we started driving home. And we got through Yosemite National Park and an axle broke. An axle broke? Yeah. Or a half shaft. Yeah. The rear half shaft broke. Okay. Uh, the CV joint. Yeah. And uh, so we're in the middle of Yosemite. What do you, what is, yeah, I mean, Yosemite National Park. Yeah, it's not like, like there's not in the middle of a town or no, anything there. We are actually at the entrance of Yosemite National Park, <laughs> like where there's a little gate, you yep. know? And so we're like coasting up, like with no drive. We're like, hey, you know, our cars broke down. What can we do? He's like, oh, we'll, we'll just tow it to the um, 
the place where they work on all the industrial vehicles and the trucks and for everything. the park. Yeah, so they just towed it over there to the oh, park that's thing. Awesome. He said, "We'll order you an axle, and why don't you guys take this emergency camping spot that we have?" No kidding. So, so we got to stay at Yosemite National Park in a prime camping spot with no reservation for whatever the normal rate was. And, <laughs> and they took care of and you they as took far care. As... Well, we had to pay for the labor and whatever. Yeah, but, but still. Um, so they ordered an axle, and we got it was wrong. Uh-oh. The wrong axle. Ordered another axle. That axle was wrong. And uh, so this whole time, my grandpa and I are just enjoying like I was going to say, how long were you out there? A week. You were out there for a week. Yeah, it was like five or six days. Wow. So uh, that was, I mean, that was a really great experience with Grandpa. I mean, it was weird. Like, that was probably, so that, I was probably 20, 21. So that's mm-hmm. like 17 years ago. That means Grandpa was probably like 70. Okay. 69, 70 years old. Yeah. Would kick my ass hiking. Oh, really? I'm like, just like dying, just yeah. can't even breathe. And he's like, what are you doing? Let's go. And I'm like, holy shit, I can't breathe. Because <laughs> we're like trying to hike through some of these paths and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, he, he just just whooped me big time. But I just remember dri- driving that thing back and stopping in the middle of the, um, this was really my first big road trip, really. Yeah. And I remember driving back and stopping it at night in, in the middle of the desert and looking at the stars with him and, and just being like seeing the stars for the first time without any light pollution was really really special and yeah um after a while like he always is like the detour professional like he just loves to take detours right all of a sudden we're in like downtown denver i'm like what are we doing here he's like oh i want to see my sister so it's like he doesn't have (laughs) for some reason he has no directions has no map and yet here we are at her house like he just figured it out somehow he's like oh turn here turn there i'm like how many times have you been here he's like ah just a couple but somehow we drive from california to denver and find this my you know right great aunt's house she's not there <laughs> anyway so i'm like at this point i'm like there's a girlfriend waiting at home for me that i haven't seen in a while yeah i'm like i really want to see her yep so we're uh so we start driving back and and i'm like i'm i'm too tired i can't drive so i let him drive he like i'm like sort of sleeping and he like careens over a dead deer in the road just at like 75 miles an hour. <laughs> he like falls asleep drives over a dead deer and there's just like just oh, crushes no. this and uh Oh, I forgot to tell you this. When what? we when we were at Yosemite, for some reason, Grandpa had camping equipment. He brought it with him. Yeah, good point. I didn't think of that. I don't know what it was. He just had a tent, sleeping bags. Because he you, sabotaged you, the car. Had you planned on camping? No, no. We were you just were gonna just going to get a drive straight yeah. through. Yeah, like but, not even going to go. But hotel he's like or super prepared guy. Just boy scout. So did you fly out there? He flew out there with his camping equipment. Somehow, I didn't even think about it. I didn't look. I didn't nothing. He just had it with him. <laughs> you know that was all. That must have been all the luggage he had. I don't remember. It was a long time ago now. But I mean, he just had like tents and sleeping bags and you know everything else so that you need to camp. Yeah, definitely prepared. Yeah, or he, like, like you said, or he sabotaged, sabotaged the, the car <laughs> so we could have a great time in Yosemite. I think I ran up like a two hundred dollar phone bill, calling my girlfriend from the payphone. Like, oh, right, geez. yeah, it was not good. He was not happy. How about much that. did you pay or buy the car for? The car was like thirty five hundred bucks. Okay, I think. Which in so it wasn't a beater. No, by was any a, means, it was a very nice car. It yeah. was a very nice car. When it it got hailed on, and I got a check for like ten thousand dollars. Oh wow! Literally, it was book on the car was like eight to ten thousand dollars back then. Oh. It was really, really a nice car. No rust. Yeah. You know, the interior was really, really nice. It ran perfect. It was a... Did you keep that car for a while? I had it for years. I'm into okay. when I, even when I met Jess, I continued to drive it just because I liked it so much. Yeah. And then when it got hailed on, I, I actually saw the car driving around, like, a couple of years later. I'm like, hey, that's mine. I could tell because it looked like a just... It was destroyed with hail. <laughs> and uh, so he wanted to pull over on the way home. He's like, we should just pull over and camp at this rest stop. 
And I'm like, what do you want to get murdered? Yeah. And we're like in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska at like a truck stop. He's like, you want to just pitch the tent here? I'm like, no. So I drank enough Mountain Dews where I was awake. <laughs> but you can only drink so many yeah. where when you're really tired, you drink more and you're still tired. Yeah. Like there's just no recovering. Just I remember just being wasted and drinking an entire Mountain Dew in like 30 seconds and it having zero effect whatsoever. Just none. And then you fall asleep in a really weird dream. Yeah. So it was, it was a 22-hour drive straight through. I drove 22 hours. Wow. Because yeah, we did this all this weird detour shit that he wanted to do, which whatever is fine, <laughs> but it took forever. Well, to you drive. certainly have the memories from it. Yeah, it was great. And then, you know, I've done a trip with Grandpa in the in the Mark One Rabbit. Okay. Out to Mark One Madness. That was great. You which know, just car show. Where is that held? That's in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, right Pennsylvania. around that area. Okay. I actually wanted to go this year, but we'll be uh cars and coffee doing the podcast. Sure. So we'll be able to do it. Okay. Um but that was I mean, I've done a bunch of road trips with grandpa and that's you know, priceless to me. I mean, I can't think yeah, of it's the memories. I mean, it's as great as the stuff going out to Monterey with my car and driving back and the huge road trip I did with Alex and the nine eleven on back roads. It's just, I like Alex, but it's just, he's not, not your grandfather. It's not my grandfather. And right. Um, it was really, really a nice experience to, to do that with him. Well, um, and that, that gets to the core of what makes a road trip unique because these days you can take a plane probably just as cheaply and it takes you... It's way cheaper. Way cheaper because yeah. you don't pay for gas. Yep. You, it doesn't take you as long. You can show up across the country in a few hours. You know what I mean? It's so much more Well, here's the thing is... But you miss the experience. Not all driving is a road trip. I would not consider all driving a road trip. I would consider a road trip the trip being that you're on the road driving. Because there's a lot of ways to get to A to B, right? Right. When, when I drive down to see my grandparents seven hours away, it's not a road trip. I'm just, I'm just there. Right. You know, your your goal is to get where you're going. Your goal isn't to experience everything along the way, whatever that might be. So a road trip we need to define is for the experience. The experience of driving. Yeah. Everything that's going to come with it. Everything you don't know that you're going to see. Right. You know, it involves not trying to make great time. You know, you're not worrying about, boy, I should just hold my pee for another minute because then I can, down the road, I can maybe fill up one less time if I drive this extra 15 <laughs> minutes. You know, you're doing all this math, trying to figure out how to get where you're going the absolute fastest. Right. It's not a road trip. That's... That's just a you're just traveling. Yeah, you know that's not that's not what a road trip about. A road trip is about you know building experiences with the people that are with you. Right. You know it's you can do road trips alone, but when you're alone, maybe it's not quite the same thing. But it, just experiencing whether you're pulling off and looking at historical sites or trying to find beautiful places to take pictures or yeah. you know when the car breaks. I mean, I've had cars break down and the overcoming adversity. You know, most road trips will have some sort of adversity. Right. You get lost. The car is broken. Weather. You have weather. You have no cell phone service. Where the fuck are we? Right. You know, it's it's all that stuff kind of ties in. So you have some sort of adverse experience with it all, and it builds it builds a sense of relationship with who you're with. Right. I can say without question, doing the road trip with Alex. I mean, we're. I would consider him a very, very good friend. Before that, I would consider him a pretty good acquaintance. Right. So in that week and a half time, I went from acquaintance to somebody that. I want to have around forever as a friend. Well, you know? <laughs> that's a positive outcome because regardless, when you spend that much time and you're that close to a person yeah. that long going through some of these things, you could either learn to hate them or yeah, be a good friend. Right. Yeah. So. That's what I said. When we left and we were on the plane, I told Alex, I'm like, either we're going to be best friends after this, or we're going to fucking hate each other. Yeah. It's going to be one or the other. And that's what road trips are good for. I mean, you, at some point, you know, when you meet somebody or you spend some time with someone, you you have these things that you generally talk about, mm-hmm. but after a while you run out of that. So you have to kind of get it's it's less of the tertiary conversation. You have to get more. You get into the deeper aspects of whether it's 
you know, for me, it's like politics and philosophy, and I want to know about your life, where you came from, mm-hmm. you know, who your parents were, who their parents were, like, how did they grow up? How did you grow up? You know, where are you going? Wh- where are you in this life? And I, these are all questions that when you're in a car for like 20 hours, you got time for all this. Right. Because there's nothing else to do, especially in old cars with no radio where you're sitting there with a the little knob going, <laughs> trying to find something on the AM station when there's right. nothing there. So you're forced to to talk to each other. You know, and, and I in, when you're driving, you don't have a phone, so you're forced to, like, think and, yeah. you know, it kind of takes you away from the world. It does. And I'm trying to remember, my first memory of a road trip is going on a family road trip. Do people still do this? I it, feel like that's kind of been lost. No, I think people still do. Okay. I think that there's, like, I think people still like to adventure. Yeah. At least people with Subarus, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, their advertising motto, adventure. You know, I really wish they, I really wish they would if they're not. Well, I was going to say, because for all those things that you just discussed, I mean, it's it really is like quality time together. You're trapped in a car for however many hours. and you Are know, we there yet? You, basically. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I have good memories of, yeah, family vacation road trip where we would be in the, I think it was a Dodge minivan at the time. And we went to, you talk about adversary or something that you remember that came up. We went to the Grand Canyon. It was Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, Grand Teton, something else. And I remember we get to the Grand Canyon and it was a blizzard. It was a whiteout <laughs> okay. in the middle of the summer from what I remember. I don't know if that's true. Right. But I remember it was a complete whiteout in the middle of the summer and they're like, we haven't seen this weather at this time of year in 30 some years. And we're like, oh, okay, great. We great, can't yeah. see anything it's... when we came here. So, I mean, that's, yeah, one of my good memories of of a, a road trip. Right. The other ones I have, you know, kind of similar to your grandfather, uh, my dad and I, I bought a Volkswagen R32, a Mark IV, out in L.A., and I brought my dad with. We flew out there. First time you see the car, I mean, that's an experience in itself, if you haven't done it, is buying a car sight and seen across the country. Yeah, I've done that twice. And then you drive it back. And so that was really fun. We didn't really face much adversity there, but it was just, you know, again, the quality time in the car and spending time together is great. It's basically forced acquaintanceship. You're forced to be with each other. It's I mean, forced it's, quality time. Yeah, forced quality time. <laughs> um, when I was like, my, some of my earliest memories are being in the in an old Ford van, listening to Lake Wobegon on NPR okay. with my grandpa driving. Yep. And I remember getting rear-ended once, and I remember the guy he pulled over, and I remember the guy walking up. I must have been really little because this is just like visual memories. I don't remember yeah. any sounds or anything. And the guy's face was covered in blood. Like, oh. like, like just covered in blood. And he walked up to the door. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. You know, nothing had happened to our, like, the we had a spare tire on the back of the van. Yeah. And just, like, ruined whatever it is that he was driving. But our, the van was fine. <laughs> this guy's he face was covered in blood. Wow. And I remember one time he had a Mercury Grand Marquis. And uh, this was somewhere in, in Wichita. And the alternator went out. Uh-huh. I remember, like, trying to drive through these little towns while the battery was depleting, trying to find a place that had an alternator. <laughs> you know, and all these things, just, like, watching, just specifically that example of watching my grandpa just, like, just fucking figuring it out. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure it out. Back then, there was no phones, of course. But right. um, you just having to just having to go through the adversity and just work out a solution is is great. And road trips offer so many different ways to grow in relationships and character. Opportunities for overcoming adversity. Yeah, 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 that's great. They just present themselves. Yeah. Um, so I was going to think maybe there's a way for us to help people have a little bit of an easier road trip. Right. Like some of the things that I bring with so on road trips. We, we have a list that we'll kind of think of that we'll consider road trip essentials. Right. So number one for me is snacks. That's well, number one, two, and three, and four snacks, are snacks. Snacks, 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 <laughs> snacks. And snacks. Are great. And you have to choose your snacks wisely. Right, because they can't melt. 
Not no, only no, can no melty have, snacks. Not melty. They have to be easy to eat. I don't want crumbs everywhere in my car, especially right. if it's a new car that I'm just buying. Yeah, you don't want right? to destroy it. So snacks are important. Also, uh, one thing that is really really good to have is mm-hmm. a CB radio. And whether it's just so I have like a unit in. It's handheld. It doesn't right. transmit very well, but it listens. And you would think that maybe in this day and age, people don't use them, but they do. The truckers use them. Truckers still use they them. They use them. It's great for, you know, it's great for casual conversation if you want to. I remember there's a couple times in my rabbit pickup trucks where I had a real CB radio. Right. Like with, off the bumper. And I would be like, hey, whatever, Swift truck or whatever, what's going on? He's like, oh, is that you back there in that VW rabbit? And I'm like, Yo. yeah, that's me. I'm like, you mind if I tuck in behind you and get a little draft? No problem. Just be careful. And I could come and I tuck in behind him and I could walk, I could feel my foot lift off the gas pedal in these old diesels. It would just suck you just in. Just suck you in. I, it was like idling behind him in fifth wow. gear. And I remember talking to some guy about his wife leaving him and <laughs> like these old weird stories. And, and they're great to listen to and pe- they still are used. Very frequently. Interesting. Um, it's almost like a secret society now because it used to be back in the day, everybody had a CB radio. Yep. You know, my, my grandma's handle was the big I. So oh, really? Also, yeah, because her name was Irene. So she was the big I was her handle on the, on the CB radio. <laughs> and everybody had them. Yeah. So it was like this thing that everybody did. But now it's the thing that only truckers do. Right. So it's like this little society of truckers that, you I know, can see this being like a hipster resurgence. Because yeah. it, it's well, kind of cool. Where are you going to bolt it to? There's no metal know, bumpers anymore. No, it's not even that. It's just the idea of it. Like, it's kind of cool. Like, it's something to be into that's almost counterculture. And, like... I like it. I, I do, I, too. I, and now I'm thinking about it. It's like, it is this cool, almost, thing that no one does You could get one anymore. in your truck. People around here still use it. There's a yeah. there's a couple channels that there's, like, crazy people on in Minneapolis where you th- okay. scroll through and they're just talking, like, the craziest shit ever just about <laughs> religion or politics. Oh, and they're just, like, broadcasting the craziest shit ever. Yeah. Just on I had a CB in an old 70 Ford F-150 pickup. They're great. It's yeah, and I had it up on top of the windshield, you know, where you have the little handheld, uh, what do you, like the microphone, the microphone, you know, and you have the cord hanging down in your field of vision. It goes back and forth. Yeah, yep. for a reason that was really. Cool I used to have one time. on my on my rabbit, and it was a magnetic one that I found it would fall off at about 120 miles an hour. The magnet would let go. You were doing 120 in your rabbit. Oh yeah, it used to be stupid. <laughs> yeah, the rabbit did 120. I guess is well, what was, I'm more surprised about. Yeah, well, it was a little sketchy with the short wheelbase, but yeah, most yeah, of my rabbits imagine. would do. Jess's car, I had probably up 135, 140 in Jess's car. Wow. Yeah, was not, that 16 valve? Yeah, with that hot motor, that thing was that thing would motor pretty good. So, um, other than the CB radio, it, it's uh, depending on what car you have. You want to make sure you have some tools, right? Um, and then also, there's like extra parts, like common parts that fail, you know, on, like fan belts in the 911. Yes, fan belts. I did use my extra fan belt when I was out. I know you I did. Blew it up That's and used my extra fan belt. Um, also, I you know, like ignition boxes or a coil, things yeah. that are like that are prone to failure but are easy to change. Sure. I mean, obviously, if you have a catastrophic failure, you're just fucked, right? You just right. do AAA. That's another thing. Have AAA. Get, oh. You know, AAA Platinum is great. You get, like, one 200-mile tow and three 100-mile tows included. Wow. So it's, like, the RV premium. So I've got that every year. It's 100 bucks. I didn't a year. realize they would tow you that far. Yeah, 200, 200 miles on your first tow wow. is included, which would, in anywhere in the United States, would get you to a place where you could get right. help. So that's that's... That's yeah. a good deal. And then apparently we learned from your grandpa, bring camping equipment. <laughs> bring camping equipment, right. <laughs> um, so I like camping, but most people I road trip with will not camp, and which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. They just want to go I've to I've never hotel. done the, the camping on a road trip thing. It's it's nice. You know, it's, I'm sure that's where you meet some characters as well. Yes. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely <laughs> can. So um, that's it for, for road trip stuff. That's our road trip essentials. What, I will circle back to snacks because it is so important. What's your favorite road trip snack? 
Um, beef jerky. Uh, that's exactly what was my go-to. You know, it's it's easy is it's so to damn eat. expensive. Is it? Yeah. I haven't really monitored the beef jerky it's really economy yeah, lately. It's, it's expensive. Okay. Well, there you go. So beef jerky, some tools and camping equipment is what you need yeah, for your road yep. trip. Um, now what, you, usually, here, what, what you really want to do is just whatever car you have, go find some parts that commonly break, bring them with you. That's probably the, uh, the best thing for, uh, for that. Jake's digging for his notebook now. <laughs> To probably run a spot for somebody. I am. He's done this every single week for like two months now. Frieds <laughs> his notebook in his backpack. I would remember. You, you'd think so. What have we got? Well, I was going to say, if you didn't bring your tools and your car does break down, maybe here, right here in Minneapolis as you're crossing the country, you could go and count on South Central Imports. They've been in business since 1976. They are, unfortunately, if you're driving anything but a Volkswagen Audi, a Volkswagen Audi exclusive shop. But that's good news for you if you have a Volkswagen <laughs> or Audi because they really know what they're doing focusing on those vehicles. They're authorized Revo software dealer. One of the GTIs that we test drove at Luther Westside Volkswagen earlier, we pretty sure had a chip in it. Yeah, that thing, no doubt. That thing would scoot. It had a blow-off valve, too. It was, like, it, I, <laughs> <laughs> it was a big disappointment when we went from that to the BMW. Oh, yeah, it was sad. So if you also want that fun, you can get your software Revo-tuned uh, at SCI. And again, they have the integrity and honesty. The owner over there is such a great guy and is so honest with you uh they're the guys you want to really deal with as a mechanic and yep. with the issues that you're gonna have in a car that happen to always pop up so you can find those guys on facebook at sci performance or you can give them a call at 612-722-8897 that's right speaking of calls I would like to interject here and say that we do have a voicemail line your it's the uh overcrest hotline i think yep. we had called it before um Usually we'll we'll read some segments here, but I think uh, this week we'll just remind you people and really encourage you to leave us a voicemail. Number is 612-584-0235. And I feel like we should be really professional and say, like, call toll-free or something or toll-free, 1-800. Toll-free, 612. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we really do enjoy listening to those. We listen to every one of them, uh, and we enjoy the feedback. So please give us a call there. So closing the door on the road trip thing, I just everybody should go back. If you haven't listened to it yet, there's one of the episodes called The Road Less Traveled. And Alex is in the studio, and we talk about the 9-11 road trip across the country and what it meant right. to us. And that's a really good episode to go back and take a listen to if you haven't listened to it yet. It's like episode 8 or 9 or somewhere in there. It's an older one. You'll find it by the title. Yeah, yeah the Road find, Less Traveled. Road Less Traveled. That's, it's one of my favorite episodes that we have. So it's, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. I could go on about road trips forever. I'm just trying to... Yeah, uh, no, we'll keep it there. I think yeah. that's good. Um, let's... Uh, well, honestly? What? It is the... I, please go on road trips. <laughs> I'm serious. I just it, this get, is our PSA right this now. Is my, my PSA is take your significant other, your significant other, your favorite family member or a friend, yep. and just f- pick somewhere and just go there. Just pick somewhere. It doesn't matter. Just right. whatever it is. Find a place you'd like to see. Take some back roads. Get off the freeway. Take your time. Give yourself an extra couple of days. I don't care what kind of car you're driving. It's not that important. You know, everybody's like, "Oh, you did your trip in a 911." I'm like, "Yeah, but that trip would have been great in like a anything." I mean, it could yeah. have been maybe something with air conditioning. <laughs> Probably would have been better in some regards. <laughs> so just go, get out, explore. You know, the human nature wants to explore, right? right. We're always exploring, whether it's space or the sea or, you know, not all of us can be astronauts and divers, but you can still get in your car and go drive and explore things. It's, it's what humans are driven to do is go out and see things they haven't seen before and discover things. And I think it becomes part of who you are when you experience something new. I was going to say experience something new for the first time, but everything that's new is the first time. That doesn't right. really make any sense. But just get out there and just 
go see stuff and just have fun. Just do it. I'm not going to argue. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's always an adventure and uh, an, a new experience, like you said. I, I was thinking as you were saying that, hey, have you ever gone on a road trip without a destination? I, not, I can't say I have, but have you ever just kind of gone and said we have the weekend and we're just going to Weekend, no, but I've done explore. I've done day trips like that where yeah. I just get in my nine eleven and done just drive. Too. Just drive. Don't have you a know, destination. Just maybe. go and explore. I've found cool photo shoot locations doing that, and usually right. I do that stuff alone. That's like my that's like me time is like right. getting in the car and just going for a drive. I feel like motorcycle culture is really good about that. Yes. Now that I'm thinking of yeah, it, yeah, those guys road trip the hell out of things. Right. Yeah, a lot of lot of big trips. So. Well, you don't need two wheels to do that. You can do that in your car too. Yeah. So with that, let's shift gears. I'll put on my news anchor hat. And we can say, this just in. You don't have a hat on. Just want everybody to know that. Well, now you ruined it. All right. Gig is up. Um, we talked about the lack of grid girls in Formula One a yeah, few weeks it's just ago. Like fem- it's disappointing. Total feminism. Right. right. And they basically said, well, we can't have grid girls, which are, if you don't know, basically like the cheerleaders. Yeah, at, they, they at just the stand there. And, race. And what's the nice thing about the grid girls is they always represent where they're from. So they've always got like, they're not always like some hot babes in miniskirts. They've got like traditional outfits on sure. or whatever they're always beautiful women don't get yeah. me wrong but it's but generally it's like the ethnicity yeah. of the country they represent exactly. or anything to that yep. effect well monaco which is a famous formula one race has flown in the face of liberty media who is now the ones who are covering formula one and it's ban on grid girls this is for 2018. So did Liberty Media just not show them at all? Did they just kind of like work around it? I have or no idea. Was there like sensor bars on the screen? Like this is not safe for your children or what's this? St- well, I'm reading for one race only the girls will be back. So I don't think it's happened yet. Oh, okay. Well, but Monaco is now, I think. Is it so this like this weekend? It's right now. <laughs> yeah. There's so probably a lot. tune in to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's right now. It's, I'm sure qualifying was today. I have no idea. Right. What it was. It was interesting in the article, though. They, for whatever reason, interviewed a lot of the drivers. Like, oh, what do you think about this? And everyone's like, every one of those girls wants to be out there. So I don't understand why you're banning it. It's yeah, not like we're forcing them to be, you know, yeah, scantily clad. And you it's know what I servitude mean? Servitude or something. It's exactly. Just, Who yeah, cares? Nobody's like being a Hawaiian traffic model by by threat of law. You know, it's, it's just exactly. It's just people are just doing what they want to do, and if that's exactly. what they want to do. Fuck it, let them do it. Who cares? Live it's and not let live, anybody. Chris. Yeah. That's right. Well, it's good to see it back. Maybe, I, maybe it'll have some sort of impact, but probably not. Nope. Uh, next story. We've heard rumblings over the last years. It's been years it's about been years. an Apple car. Right, and a few manufacturers have tried with Apple car: BMW, Mercedes, Nissan, McLaren. Basically, but, yeah, the the idea was it was going to be a partnership between right. Apple and one of these manufacturers. But the problem was is that every, every time Apple got close to signing a deal with somebody, Apple was like, "Okay, and you need to give us complete control," <laughs> right? <laughs> like, which is how Apple is. I was going to so say like, that that's how they is they is that's how they are with their suppliers and their distributors and everything yep. else. They, I mean, they're a behemoth of a company, right. and they really kind of throw their weight around. And it. every manufacturer is like. Like, fuck off. Right. We're not doing that. Not well, a chance. Until um, now. Right. In Apple, one regard. Yeah, so, Apple signed a deal with Volkswagen to turn some of the car makers' new T6 transporter vans into Apple self-driving shuttles for employees, a project that is behind schedule and consuming nearly all of the Apple car team's attention, said three people familiar with the project. So what they're doing is they're like, well, if nobody will let us do this, then we're going to get some and do it at our own place. And, like, yeah, kind of what kind I'm of gathering a, here? It, well, it's a misnomer. So basically, these are just autonomous shuttles that are used on the Apple campus. Right. So it's like that thing I wrote in at 3M 
yeah. a few months back. They're basically doing that so is this with their a like, Volkswagen chassis. So this is their little research pod kind of thing that they're doing, I maybe? Think, I think that's what this is going to be. They're going to make, I forget how many said they're going to do some of the car makers T6. We don't have a number. Right. So basically it's, yeah, it's their uh, Volkswagen's kind of utility van. So what's this, what is this thing like? The, uh, the vehicle. Well, uh, it's going to look like a Volkswagen, I imagine. Right. Uh, you're you're joking that it, is it going to have a button? <laughs> <laughs> a home button? Yeah. Um, uh, the article says the frame, wheels, and chassis of the T6 van will remain, but Apple is replacing many components, including the dashboard seat and seats. Apple is also adding other computers, sensors, and a large electric car battery. The shuttles will ferry employees between two of Apple's Silicon Valley campuses and will include a driver behind the wheel to take control if needed. So it still has, quote, an operator. As, ro- as, long as, an, as well as an operator in the passenger seat tracking the van's performance. So it's, this is like test mule stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, they must, I, with everything going on, I wonder if they feel like behind the curve now. Like they're just kind of like, whoa. Because there's yeah, other people that are. they never meant to be in this industry. They don't, mm, I don't know. They really seem like they wanted to with everybody, all the manufacturers that they've been trying to talk to. And I have a feeling a company like Apple has R&D teams on just about every industry industry or a new trend and this is just one that we're hearing about yeah maybe um so i was trying to figure out what an apple car would actually be like <laughs> uh, this is what i thought you were asking yeah yeah so what what do you th- i think it would be like there'd be no home button <laughs> no headphone jack. <laughs> no headphone jack <laughs> and uh i think what they would rounded corners everywhere rounded right? corners it would be shapeless kind of boring it and would, it comes in black white or rose gold rose gold <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> just like that bmw we looked at today yeah, that was Chris was really into a grandpa mobile. I was BMW. not. We didn't even drive it. Come mm-hmm. on. So we'll see what Apple comes up with. So. <laughs> uh, speaking of vehicles that won't be fun or aren't <laughs> great, <laughs> Consumer Reports uh, has basically just been shitting on Tesla. Yeah, they have been repeatedly. It's 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 ugly. So the latest issue, though, I think they want to like it, though. From what I read in this article, they're like giving Tesla every chance to like, hey, make this right. Like they even borrowed another car, right? Like, so anyway. we, I mean, we in Overcrest kind of shit on Tesla. We're we're cynical. We're biased towards them. We have bias. True. Consumer Reports try not to be biased. Well, in in the extreme, I would say, like you yeah. said, they wouldn't give a Ford model another chance and say, well, I don't know if that test result is quite correct, so well, we're going to test three more Let's of them. see what they're talking so about So basically here. what happened is the Consumer Reports was testing the uh, Model 3, which is the Tesla that's behind production <laughs> and everything else, but right. the newest model out there. And one of the big issues was the stopping distance. So the advertised stopping distance from 60 mile per hour was 152 feet. This is what Consumer Reports found. Which is worse than a Ford F-150 full-size pickup. And that weighs 5,000 pounds about. Right. And the Tesla Model 3 weighs 3,800 pounds. Right. So, so they Well, here's what happened, too, is Tesla, a spokeswoman from Tesla, told Consumer Reports that their own testing found stopping distances from 60 to 0 were actually an average of 133 feet. With the same tires, mind you. Right. So Consumer Reports is wrong no, so, they, so they borrowed another car right since report um, says all right we'll give you the benefit of the doubt it says uh in our testing of the model three the first stop recorder was significantly shorter around 130 feet similar to tesla's findings but that distance was not repeated even after we let the brakes cool overnight <laughs> that's that's like the huge benefit though don't even drive this thing i, I mean brakes are going to cool down in like 20 minutes right um overnight consumer reports publishes a distance based on all the stops we recorded in our test not just the shortest individual stop because we saw some inconsistency in the braking performance, we got a second Model 3 
privately owned that was loaned to Consumer Reports to verify our results. Consumer Reports has tested second samples in previous situations to double-check our findings. When we ran the second Model 3 through the same test, we got identical results. And the Tesla's response was, um, Elon says Consumer, Report, uh, Consumer Reports has an early production car. Looks like this can be fixed with a firmware update, he said. We will be rolling that out in a few days. With further refinement, we can improve braking distance beyond initial specifications. Tesla won't stop until Model 3 has better braking than any, any remotely comparable car. Okay, great. Anyway, but, making cars is hard, right? <laughs> I love that that's your finishing yeah, point. Making it, cars I mean, is hard. yeah, it obviously is. And they're so how did they not out. come across this? That we're, oh, we'll change the software. Yeah, well, didn't you try this? Did you not try? I was going to so, say, so it, worst case, or maybe it's the best case scenario, this is false advertising, right? Right. So, but what's odd is mm-hmm. it's so wildly inconsistent that the second car they tested for the first time, it did stop in 130 or some feet that's advertised. But then after that, it didn't. So, so it's got to be some software weird well, shit. Well, it does, because it's regenerative why do I want, braking. Why do I want software doing my braking for me anyway? This is stupid. I hate it. It's it's part of the intricacy of it. With regenerative, regenerative braking, anytime you apply the brake pedal, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, the you're recharging them. But so why don't we give priority to braking instead? Yeah, no, so I So maybe agree. this is one of the ways that they're trying to extend the range of the cars is they're exactly. making a compromise here, but now it's compromising braking, so they're all like, oh, shit, maybe. Well, my understanding is it's basically a balance between regeneration using the motors as generators then yep. to regenerate the battery and also balancing that with, you know, your old-fashioned brake pads on discs. So right. if you're applying your discs, now you're not using as much of that energy to regenerate. So on panic braking, you should have all the brakes. There should be no... Well, I was going to say, you, and that's what this is. If the ABS is engaged... The electric motor should be like, nope. I don't even care if it still is using it, but that should make it stop even quicker. Think about it. You're having two well, you're, systems you're limit basically the tire no slowing what. you. Right. So if, you're, if your ABS is on, it doesn't matter what's slowing no, you're your right. tires the down. The limiting factor is the tire. But so you're right. Something's you, going on. It, it's totally weird where, like you said, they're basically not applying the brakes so that they can have more regeneration. Was that, I think, where the software comes into it? But that's, that's frightening. Yeah. Anyway, what else? Uh, that's it for news. We didn't, couldn't find a lot of news this week. Nothing really interesting, so I didn't want to bore you guys with a bunch of dumb shit. But Well, that's I mean, okay. We're, we we're getting down to it. I will uh, kind of – we brought this back once more. I have occasionally done a segment called Instead of a 911. As All we right. know, Chris loves his 1972 vintage Porsche 911. However, there are other cars out there, some of which are better. Yeah, okay. And uh, this is actually one of my interests because you have definitely been influencing me, and I've still been kind of looking at air-cooled 911s. Okay. However – there's another 1970s classic car that did pique my interest and I think is better than a 911. Okay. So this is an Italian design penned by the famous firm Ghia. However, it has dead reliable American V8 muscle with an epic sound to boot. I don't want one of these. Brand exclusivity to the point that many people a, have never a, even heard of it. Is this a Pantera? Yes, it is. The yeah. Ditamosa Pantera. Yeah. This, these are cool cars. I really like the way they look. The Visually... Yes. Awesome. Small block V8? Yes. No. <laughs> no. It's not a Chevy small block. I know, but it's, it's like... It's a Ford Cleveland 350. I know. That's it's a 5.8 liter. I know, but it's, it's it's like a... No. I, I don't want an What's American... What's wrong with it? I don't want an American engine in an Italian design car. I just don't... For some reason, the sound of those things doesn't really do it for me. Oh, you've got... This was at Goodwood. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that, but it does not sound better than my car. It's different. Yes, it is, because it doesn't sound as good. <laughs> I will say it's different. I would love to hear them back to back. 
Yeah, okay, sure. In person. My car would sound better. I do love I love the way the Panteras look though. I mean they they're and they, awesome. They're awesome. The the engine's still right behind you and the yep. and the interiors are really, really cool. That's a good choice. I like those cars a lot. I like them um, too. And they're they're right in that price range. You can find projects for like twenty to thirty and then nicer drivers are like fifty and then some are like up a hundred plus. I wonder how well they handle because I think they're like kind of like a square tube like yeah, hack, like the typical hack job Italian chassis, where they're right. Where it's they look beautiful, steel. but it's just like kind of garbage <laughs> underneath. Like old Ferraris are garbage. Like the they're so beautiful and the engines are so amazing, but they're right. like but the chassis tube, reels just like junk. They're just horrible. Looks like something you'd pick up at Home Depot in their yeah <laughs> yeah they're steel not supply great. cabinet. They're not great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they, they're for their time, they are what they are. But I don't know, a unibody is pretty nice to have, right? And I think these went to Unibody in the GT5. So the first gen, or first ones that they imported, was 71. And that is kind of the sleek, almost, I compare it to the Lamborghini Miura, right? Where it's... Oh, boy. I mean, it, it, it's it, not as classic and good looking, but it has kind of that shape to it. Without sure. A I lot mean, they're a great the, looking car. With a lot, of, a lot of the extras. And, and a Miura is 300,000 more now, aren't they? Aren't they even least, more than that now? Yeah, I have no idea. They're... they're you know, that's not even the same world. No, so. I know. But it, it has kind of that Italian look to it, right? Yeah, they do. And then the later ones, they had the GT5, which this was after the uh, Countach came out. Yeah. And everyone loved all the wings and crazy so vents and everything it. else. So the GT5 has flares on it. It's basically the Pantera where after they looked at the Countach and they're like, oh, shit, we better add some of that to so it. So they just put a little bit of cocaine in the gas tank exactly. and this is what happened to the and car. And this is what happened to their car. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On that note, we got to go. Yes. Happy uh, Memorial Day when this comes out. Yeah, right? happy Memorial Day, everybody. We hope you're enjoying it. We're hoping you're out on a lake somewhere, or if you don't live somewhere awesome like Minnesota, we hope you find somewhere else cool to, uh, <laughs> to go spend your day. Absolutely. Thank you, and take care. Take care, guys. <laughs>